Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. I'm a well-being coach, change specialist and founder of Living Fabulously. The mission for this fortnightly show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. I invite you to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and centre in your life. If you're feeling tired and burned out from the stress of having it all, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today I'm delighted to be talking to an inspirational woman who's faced many health challenges. It has the most wonderfully positive outlook on life. For personal reasons, I'm going to call her Mary today. Mary is a mum of two boys, a much-loved sister in a family of four, key member of a fun and supportive extended family. I'm so inspired by Mary's zest for life and her resilience in the face of chronic illness, and I'm honoured that she's here to share her perspective of her journey with me today. Welcome, Mary. Hi, thanks, Bev. How would you describe your journey to well-being? I think it's it's just ongoing for me. Um, it's just part of my daily life now. Um, I think being positive and being happy are really important for me. I get that through my family, through my kids. I think my kids have been my biggest inspiration through all of it because, well, you know, let's face it, that's what we live for our children. And the only thing that ever ever bothered me throughout this whole process was the possibility that my children would grow up without me. Mm. And I didn't want to miss out on that. So my journey to wellness was not not being unwell, being well, and it wasn't an option. And for me, really, it's a state of mind. And physical pain is easy to set aside if you have spiritual strength and internal happiness. And that's, I think that's where I get a lot of my strength from. And so what would you say are some of the skills that you've needed to develop or the lessons you've had to learn to stay on that path? I think for me, and this is probably getting a little bit off track now, but it started when I fell pregnant with my first son and they told me that the the child was Down syndrome and that it, it wasn't a viable pregnancy and they strongly recommended that I terminate. And now, I, don't, I know people aren't, not everybody is religious, but for me, religion is sacred to me. And I prayed to a saint called St. Jared. He's a sacred saint of mothers and children. And I said, do what you want to me, but save my baby. And I kept the baby. And he was born perfectly healthy, perfectly normal, no Down syndrome, wow. none of what they said. And not long after that, my health problems started to gradually get worse. But I accept that because I asked for that. And I'm happy to take any burden that I can to keep my children healthy. And I know some people think it's a stretch and not everybody believes. But for me, believing is what gets me by. And I believe in St. Jared and I believe in, in my faith. And, and since then, I've left it in the hands of the powers that be. And I think for me, it would be ungrateful to feel sorry for myself or to not take every opportunity that comes my way because I've been so lucky and I've been given so many opportunities. And I wasn't supposed to have any more kids. And then I had my second baby and that's when my tumour developed. And how many women get through a pregnancy with a healthy baby and a cancerous tumour? And I did. And my baby was healthy and he was born and I'm still here. And, you know, I believe that my young one saved me because if I wasn't pregnant, I probably wouldn't have known that I had the tumour until it was too late. 
So mm-hmm. I think things happen for a reason and, you know, that's, that's, for me, that's a really big part of my story. And what I'm really amazed by is the way that your attitude and mindset is just so optimistic in spite of what you're dealing with. So how have you managed that? What, is, what are some of the active things that you do to manage your attitude and mindset? Look, I, I have days where I think I can't get up today. It's going to be that I'm in too much pain and I just can't do it. And then my little one will open my door and say, Mom, what's for breakfast? And then that's it. Those thoughts just leave me. And it's getting through each day. It's the, the hardest things for me have been when I've been so unwell that I can't make football games, can't do reading groups in class, I can't do drop-off and pick-up from school. And I see it in my kids' eyes. They miss it. They miss me being there. And that's what drives me. I need to stay positive so that I can do the things I need to do as a mother for my kids. That's how I stay positive. I stay positive because I know that it's one day at a time and if I get through today, then there'll be another day. Tomorrow will come. Mm. So that one day at a time, is you living that day as fully and as consciously around what you're doing with your kids as you can? Yes, because my my oldest is old enough now and he about six months ago he asked me if I was going to die. And I, I didn't know how to answer him. And I said to him, we're all going to die one day, but I'm not going to die now. So don't worry. And he said, oh, that's good, mum, because I can't score a try until you, until you come to my game. Oh, I thought, bliss. you know, like they, things are so simple for kids. And, and if you keep it simple for yourself, then it's easier. If you overthink, if you overanalyze, it becomes a burden. And if it's a burden, it's too hard to live with. So these are the cards I've been dealt, and I'll gladly play them for as long as I'm allowed as much time as I've been given. So inspirational. So obviously you've had a time frame where you were well at some time and obviously now you sort of fluctuate between feeling a bit better but also feeling unwell. What have you realised about your priorities at this time in your life? I've realised that I need to do what keeps me happy, what keep what keeps the stress away. I need to not worry about what other people think and what works for other people. It's just about my family and myself. So, you know, if, if there's a day where I'm not feeling well enough to go somewhere, I just don't go and I don't feel guilty because I know that, you know, if I go out and then tomorrow I'm not going to be well enough to do what I need to do, well, there's, there's no reward in that. So you learn to make sacrifices and sometimes it can be alienating socially because people don't understand. But I've just learned to sort of push past that and, and just do what, what suits me and what I can cope with. Mm, that's such a brilliant thing. I think everybody should be focusing on that part of their lives where they make a choice about things that they do and don't feel obliged around commitments. That's just a good reminder. Thank you, Mary. As a woman, we have so much to deal with on a daily basis and it's very easy to let things go and to not look after ourselves, not just, you know, in materialistic ways and the way we physically appear, but just in little things that we don't notice about ourselves. We, we tend to take more on than we can cope with or, you know, we, we tend to pretend things are okay. But, you know, if there are signs, they're there for a reason. And I would say don't ignore them. And, you know, there, there's so much available to us these days, so much help in different avenues people to talk to, doctors to see, clinics to go to. I think take advantage of what is available to us and always make an informed decision that's right for you. I had so many surgeons try to pressure me into doing more surgery than I was ready for 
And even though sometimes it, it meant that I have to have more than one surgery, it was my decision and I was comfortable with that and I wasn't pressured into doing something I wasn't ready for at that time. And never give up hope. Never let anybody push you around. People will try and you know convince you to do medication, take medications and have treatments that you're not comfortable with. Don't do it. Just be strong and know that you're doing, you follow your instincts and you know, 99% of the time it leads you to the right place. I've met other women who have been not bullied but made decisions because of family members encouraging them to and your family members can't make decisions. They make decisions based on emotion because it's, and I've found through my own experience it's been harder for my partner and my parents and my brothers and sisters. I find they struggle with it a bit more than I do because I'm at peace with my situation. I can cope. I know what I'm feeling. As somebody looking on, it's a lot harder and they don't know how to react and they don't know how to mm. behave around you and they don't know how to feel. And they often will make a decision based on emotion, which can sometimes be very dangerous. I think you need to make a decision based on fact and based on, you know, your gut, your instinct. You know yourself better mm. than anybody. Better than a doctor knows you, better than anybody knows you. So make decisions that work for you and... You know, and I, I think that's really important because that's something I struggled with. I felt like I had to do treatments and I had to have surgeries because that's what my family wanted me to do. But I, I think if I did that, it, I, I wouldn't have always been happy with the result. So I think do what you think is best for yourself and make a decision based on what will work for you. And then your family, they love you. They'll accept whatever decision you make, even though it, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Mm. There's such wisdom in what you say because when we give our power over to somebody else around something so important as our health, it just, like you say, if we're not using our intuition around those things and taking the time to actually think what is the best thing for me, it does feel that you become powerless and that's not a healthy yeah. place to be in either. No, and you can never go into a treatment thinking that you're, you know, you're, you can't win before you've started. You can't go in resigned to the fact that it's, it's an uphill battle. You know, you, you can face anything head on and it makes it so much easier. And, and like I said, I, I've seen three, four, five different surgeons for the same problem because I wasn't comfortable with one for a reason or I wanted more than one opinion or I wasn't ready to make a decision yet. And that's okay. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's your decision and it's, it's your life and you're the one that has to go through the 12-hour surgery. You're the one that has to have the hours of radiation and, and the chemotherapy. And, you know, you're the one that has to look at your scars in the mirror. Mm. So own them and be comfortable with them and accept them and accept yourself and everything will be so much easier. Oh, so wonderful. So if you could talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you share with her to put her on a path of lifelong well-being? When I was 20, that's when my life really started to change. And I would probably just say, you know, you're tougher than you know you are. You can do it. Don't be scared. And, you know, life is going to throw hurdles at you that you would never have seen coming. But um, like it's true what they say, one door closes, another, another door opens, and you find strength in things you never thought possible. And the, the little things really do count. Like, you know, I mean, reading with my son gives me so much more than I ever thought it would and probably as a 20 year old girl I would I would think it an annoying thing to have to sit and read with a five-year-old <laughs> but but I would say cherish those moments and hold on to them because the memories you can't remake them so the time passes and you lose it but enjoy it yeah that's what I would say to my 20 yeah. year old so wonderful so it's sort of capturing each day 
and making the most out of it. So Mary, what tips do you have for living fabulously? I think if you feel fabulous, then you'll be fabulous and you'll have a fabulous life. Surround yourself by people that make you happy, people that fill you with positive thoughts. Don't worry about what other people are doing or thinking. You know, if you look good, you feel good. You know, if getting your nails done makes you feel good, well, then get your nails done. You know, if you need to just go and have a coffee on your own and read your book, well, then make the time to do it. Make the time for yourself. I really believe it's 90% state of mind. If your mind is strong, you don't have to believe in God, but believe in something. Having something to hold on to and something to believe in is really so much more powerful than people understand, I think. And unfortunately, we wait until we have something to pray for or to believe in or something that we need to get over before we find strength in these things. But I think if you have it from the beginning, and and that's something else I would have said to my 20-year-old self, believe in anything. It doesn't matter, but have something to believe in because that really will get you through the challenging times. Yes. You talked there about self-care and you expressed it and you can do it in different ways. So what's your thoughts about the power of sleep? and healing? I think it's really important to to sleep but with a clear mind. The nights where I was overthinking and overanalyzing, even though I'd sleep maybe for seven or eight hours, I'd wake up feeling like I hadn't slept at all. I think for me, it's really important to clear my mind, to sort of not, not meditate before I sleep, but just make sure that I'm thankful for the day that I've had. I'm looking forward to the day that's coming and I can sleep peacefully. I think a peaceful sleep is really important because if your mind and soul are peaceful, then, you know, your day is so much better, so much easier. You know, really when they say rest easy, it's true. If you sleep well and you have a clear a clear head, then it really does so much for your health. I, I feel so much worse the nights where I've been burdened with thoughts and stress and I feel so much sicker the next day. But when I sleep and I've had a really good night's sleep, I feel the next morning I feel you know, invigorated and refreshed again. Mm, I share that belief because I'm a firm believer that the quality of your life is affected by the quality of your sleep. So if you sort of pay attention and you've taken one aspect of quality sleep, so that sort of clearing your mind, not going to bed with monkey mind that yeah. keeps you awake... There's obviously other things to do to get yourself to be a good sleep, but that's a really common problem of people that their subconscious mind comes alive while they're sleeping because they haven't addressed some of the things in their waking life. So thank you for that. That's a really good tip. Mary, thank you so much for sharing your journey and inspiring us to rise above our health challenges with optimism, resilience, and living every day to the full. It's been wonderful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening, and I trust you enjoyed this episode. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Google Play. I invite you to spread the love around by sharing the podcast with a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously. I look forward to connecting with you online. You can find me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.